Welcome back to the Crooked Spine Show. Do you want to really lose weight, but keep it very simple? Brooke Simonson has allowed us to understand exactly how that can happen through her program where she doesn't have you count calories or give up your carbs or drink meal replacement shakes and allows you to do a one-time lifelong lasting educational program with her understanding how you can lose weight, feel better, and without giving up things like french fries, which would upset me. So in our talk, our highlights today, she goes through exactly how she transitioned from an English teacher to a nutritional coach. Then from there, her three A, she teaches her clients awareness, attitude, and accountability. She walks through those along with scheduling and timing your meal preps, your workouts, if you want to do that. Also, when you eat too. And the mindset, mindset shift needed to become nutritionally aware to help your body lose weight and feel better along with the her worth it chart which foods are worth it for you to actually want to eat versus which foods are not like fritos for example along what is meal prep and how does it work and topics like hydration how to and what to avoid along with how to stop drinking soda because really it isn't good for you and does exercise a big myth does exercise help you lose weight and she goes over to her health investment podcast her podcast which when you listen to you learn exactly what your body can do to lose weight, gain weight, feel better, and overall feel healthier. All right, my friends, go to the show notes again, has connections to connect to Brooke. At that point, talk to her, connect with her, get yourself healthy in 2022. This year, that point, learn to stay healthy. So when you graduate from her program, you become the best person you can understand how to stay healthy, how to stay lean, and how to lose weight when you want to. All right, my friends, again, the show notes has again the highlights we just talked about, along with show notes to our, our links to our previous podcast. Go there, enjoy your weekend, and I'll see you next week. Welcome back to the Crooked Spine Show. I'm here with Brooke Simonson, correct? Yes, Simonson, got it. She is a certified nutrition coach and weight loss expert. I like her information. I was going through her website and everything, what's going on with the holidays coming. This is October 2021. Uh, we just got through Halloween, which is all the great candies, right? Okay. Now, how do we get ready for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, for all our holiday festivities, all foods we love to eat, but then we then we're well, then we're if you want to get regretful come January. We go, why did we do all that again every year as every year happens? So we're gonna walk through with Brooke how to make our nutrition lifestyle long-lasting, but also simple and natural, and understanding how she helps her clients both with the mindset, the behavior changes, but also even the foods you like to eat, you like to eat, that point make it part of your plate also, right? So Brooke, what's going on and how did you get into this overall? So I started actually as a high school English teacher out of college mm -hmm. and I lived in New York City at the time. And I say I never really gained the freshman 15 as we call it in college, mm -hmm. but I did gain about 20 pounds after college and couldn't kind of figure out what was going on. I also felt really fatigued all the time, kind of hangry. I hit this point yeah. where I was so hungry and I was mm. really cranky at the same time. Um, you know, just bloated and overall gross. And I kind of thought, what the heck is happening? I'm in my 20s. This is supposed to be the prime of my life, as everyone oh. says. And I wanted to look and feel better. So I tried what I think all of us have tried probably at one point in our life. I tried different juice cleanses, cutting out carbs, exercising almost every day for 45 plus minutes, um, counting every calorie in an app. I mean, I literally tried everything 
and nothing worked. And when I say nothing worked, I mean, I wasn't ever able to lose five or 10 pounds and keep them off. I would lose the weight in the short term, but then I would always gain it back when I kind of stopped restricting as much or following as many rules. So there's so like gotta, a, there's a period of, of where it was, a, a, if you want to call it a period, you would do it and it may work for a while, but the problem is it's not sustainable at that level all the time. Exactly. And I felt like losing weight and keeping it off really required me to kind of be a bit miserable and to cut things out that I loved. So I gave up for several years and just kind of settled for, oh, it must be my metabolism or it's maybe the stress of my job. And I thought, Maybe this just happens to everybody when they enter the workforce and they get older. And then Do you see a medical late- doctor too? Do you see a medical doctor go the medical route and figure out what's going on medically, blood work? I mean, I didn't really have, yeah, I, I wouldn't say I was like to the, that extreme where I needed to yeah. involve a doctor. Um, mm-hmm. But I just, yeah, it was more just kind of me troubleshooting on my own. I never really got any advice from a doctor in terms of, weight loss. I mean, that was never really a conversation. Um, So it was really just me, I guess, doing the approach that a lot of people do, like Googling things, trying what friends have tried, and just kind of throwing shots, throwing darts in the dark and seeing if they would hit Mm -hmm. and nothing did. Uh, So in my late 20s, I had this kind of resurgence to look and feel better. And I decided to go a different route and just become as educated as possible. So I dove into scholarly articles. I read a bunch of books. I got my hands on a bunch of podcast episodes. And eventually I ended up enrolling in the Institute of Transformational Nutrition, where I got my certification to be a nutrition coach, not even so much to become the nutrition coach, but just again, to get as much education as I could about how to look and feel my best, the sustainable way. And I guess through all of this years of research, I say I kind of finally cracked the code and figured it out. And then my passion for teaching English disappeared through this process. And I was just really wanting to get the word out there to everyone about how to have the same success I did. So that's when I left my teaching career and started my nutrition coaching practice, which I've had for about two years now. You jumped into it 100%. I did. I say I went down a rabbit hole. It was kind of my hobby on nights mm-hmm. and weekends when I wouldn't be teaching. I started yep. a blog. I just wanted to shout from the rooftops everything mm-hmm. that I was learning. And a lot of people didn't want to listen, <laughs> I found. If you just Perfect. show up to a dinner and talk to your friends about. Like, uh, here comes here comes Brooke again. She probably talked about her normal class, recent class, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> my friends weren't super interested in, in hearing from me. So. That might as well, well start a blog, you know, and that's that's how I started getting the word out. Well, the thing is, when you, when you have people that that don't understand, they they know you as an English teacher, correct? Yeah. As this Brooke, and you switch now this book's over here. I'm like, whoa, whoa what happened to Brooke over here? <laughs> and you're and but what I like is that you wanted to get the message out because you had the knowledge from your self learning, from your classes too, and from certification. Most people don't want to do that, and yeah. because you're doing it now, you've done it for two years. That's why you're helping people directly one-on-one, if even in your Facebook group too and Instagram, to help people understand when they're ready that there's a different way. For sure. And I think I bring the teaching aspect into it as well. I had mm-hmm. such a passion for teaching. So I Great. still feel as if I'm using those skills, but I'm now mm-hmm. just teaching something I'm way more passionate about. 
um, you know, English was great and fine, but <laughs> that's in it's the past. Good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, for me personally, I, I never, that was my, if it was one subject, I was never, my C subject was English. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. That's okay. But if you ever want to know grammar punctuation tips, I can also help you with those. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I'll, I'll get back to you on that one. I'll hold off on that for now. <laughs> and, and with what's going on too, you've helped people for two years. You, and, and it looks like you kind of trademarked your 3A approach. Let's go right into it. What is the 3A approach? So I made it up. If nobody's heard it, that's okay. <laughs> Basically, trademarked all, Excuse me? You trademarked it, right? I, yeah. I mean, I haven't officially trademarked it, but yes. You have, though. Quote. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody steal it. Um, but I guess I would say through working with clients and through all mm -hmm. of my research that I've done, I realized that healthy, sustainable weight loss really boils down to three A's, which are awareness, attitude, and accountability. So awareness okay. is that education piece, just learning what actually works for sustainable weight loss, which isn't all of the fads and detoxes and green juices and meal replacement shakes out there. So getting the rudimentary knowledge you need and learning why you're eating different things is super powerful. So that's the awareness part. Attitude is the second A. And while behavior changes are extremely important, I would say the mindset shifts that you have to undergo to sustain your success long-term mm -hmm. are equally as important. We're in this diet culture where everybody is saying things like, I fell off the wagon and diet starts Monday. And I had a Halloween, a piece of Halloween candy and I ruined my diet. And none of those all or nothing thought patterns are serving us. So it's really helpful to adopt some simple mindset shifts that will help you, again, sustain the success long term. And then the third A is accountability, which is where some type of coach can come in or maybe your partner is also interested on taking the kind of path to healthier eating with you. Maybe it's a best friend or a sibling, but having some piece of accountability in your journey can be absolutely game-changing and can boost your odds of success by up to 95%. It's amazing when you have that, I, I call it pure pressure sometimes of, hey, we're gonna go eat healthy. They're like, I don't want to, but Johnny said we have to, so let's go. I like that, or having a coach like yourself too, that point you're doing it not only for you because you don't want to disappoint somebody else, but the result is big for you in general. It all comes back to you. Totally. And, you know, mm -hmm. my husband and I are kind of aligned at this point. So I say, you know, I'm not perfect, even though I do nutrition coaching no. for a living, I am human. So even mm -hmm. yesterday, we had planned to do a strength training circuit. It hit 5 p.m., 5.36. And I was saying, yeah. uh, let's just skip it tonight. I don't want to do it. Yeah. He's like, no, let's just go do it. It's 20 minutes, right? If you just have that person mm -hmm. that snaps you out of it and says, you got this, you can do this. And then you're able to develop these effortless habits that don't feel as tough anymore. But getting that accountability partner, especially in the beginning, can be huge. And I think, I think it's because you're trying to break a habit of not doing something that's healthy for you that and what i've seen is that shift like you're talking about to doing a better habit is pretty difficult mentally physically behavior wise action wise everything so and when yeah. you're when you have an accountability partner or a coach and or uh, say a group of friends or family that like you at that point how how does that how can that be a negative way where you need to filter out some people that are not beneficial 
It's interesting. There's actually research that suggests that weight gain and weight loss can even be kind of contagious if you think about mm -hmm. it, because mm -hmm. typically the people you're surrounding yourself with have similar likes, dislikes, and eating habits as you. So mm -hmm. one thing that clients will struggle with is if they hire me and their partner isn't on board, switching their eating habits or, you know, maybe they have kids in the house or teenagers yeah. who are mm -hmm. wanting all of the candy and the baked goods. So how can they adopt new healthier habits with everything else that's going on around them? And that's a really critical piece, right? To just, like you said, have that person kind of in yes. your corner cheering you on. Um, and my approach, it's not like, let's get all of the quote unquote bad stuff out of the house mm. so that everybody in your household ends up hating you. It's we just, all suffer, right? We all suffer yeah. because that person wants it. No. Everybody has to do this. It's just kind no. of what are some things that you can do? What are things you can start eating and prioritizing so that you feel better? And then people can still enjoy the things that they want. Um, but it can really help, if, especially if your partner isn't on board yet. Maybe they will be in mm -hmm. the future. Um, but it can help to, again, have a coach or a friend or a sibling that is on your side, quote unquote. Good, good. good. And you mentioned, what's the A word for mindset? Attitude. Attitude. Okay. So what, how do we, what attitude do you usually see going into coaching? And then that shift to different words or phrases or attitude or mindset um, as they as they get as they get it and as they maintain that lifestyle. Yeah, it really depends on the person. Um, one client right now is coming to mind. She's very hard on herself, and she is mm -hmm. she does have a long history of dieting and feeling like okay. everything has to be perfect. And if it's not, if she's not doing everything, then might as well do nothing. So mm -hmm. one kind of attitude mantra we have her repeating to herself is progress, not perfection, and yeah. really focusing on the progress piece and every call talking about what are small ways you've made progress, let's focus on that. What are ways you weren't perfect, let's release that. We're not going to yes. focus on perfection. It's not, if I don't get a 30-minute workout in, I should do nothing, right? Go for a five-minute walk. Five minutes is better than zero minutes. So it's just breaking out of these all or nothing mindsets is a big piece. And then there are others as well. But I would say that's that's the biggest one, especially because I think that's what we hear from the diet culture out there is you're either on a diet or you're off a diet. There's no in between. Well, like you mentioned to you with the workouts, too, we have there's programs people follow, correct? If mm -hmm. you're not following the program there's really no modification to that program. If you want to see these results, you need to follow. There's, it's, a, it's a math equation. There's, right. no, there's no variation. So, and when you have variations, then you go, it's all right. I may have skipped a day. Let me get back on track tomorrow. Because my goal is, my goal is two, three months now, I want to be here. It's not tomorrow. The show's not tomorrow, right? Totally. And there's really mm -hmm. cool um, kind of hacks. Like I really like mm -hmm. that piece of it of, how can we kind of hack our minds and make habits easier? So one that I love is just kind of the five minute rule is if you think you can't do a workout or a go for a walk, you're just exhausted. Just tell yourself you only have to do it for five minutes. You can do mm -hmm. anything for five minutes. And typically what people see is they start for five minutes and they start feeling so good, whether it mm -hmm. is on the Peloton or outside walking around the block that they end up staying on or walking for 10, 15, 20 plus minutes. But just getting yourself started is sometimes the toughest part. And that can be a good hack of just do it for five minutes and see how it goes. 
I like that. Or if you have something at scheduled at say five, five thirty, you you just go for five minutes at that time. The problem is the same thing for me, for example, five thirty becomes six thirty, then all of a sudden you're watching the food network. That cake looks good on TV. I'm like, why? It's getting dark outside. It's getting cold. Why would I go outside? So it's finding, is it good to schedule a time to actually do your, if you want to call it workout or work on nutrition, whatever it is? Yes. I am huge into scheduling. If you think about it, you schedule everything else in your life, probably mm -hmm. down to a T, especially if you're a parent. And mm -hmm. so, but we don't typically schedule things like meal plan, planning and meal prep and movement. So put it in the calendar. That's also a great self-accountability tool. If you don't have somebody else on board or if you don't have a coach, just kind of taking 30 minutes on a Sunday, let's say, and putting into your mm -hmm. calendar, I'm going to walk for 15 minutes here between meetings. I'm going to spend 30 minutes in the kitchen, boiling some eggs and roasting some vegetables here. And, you know, get those systems in place and those scheduled uh, meetings with yourself in the calendar. Yes. And that goes a long way. I think a lot of it is when you write things down and put in your phone, for example, you, you're able to remember it, but now you, like you said, you're accountable. Now it's on the schedule. It's not, maybe yes. I'll do it at 4.30, maybe I'll do it at 6. It's like, yeah, yes. then you're going to have an out. No, I don't want an out. No. <laughs> totally. No. And I think also going along with that, the more specific you can be, the better. So even if you just put work out into your calendar, You'll yeah. find when the time hits, you're exhausted after the day. You're thinking, oh, mm -hmm. what do I do? Should I do a video? Should I go on the treadmill? And so if you mm -hmm. actually put in there specifically work out colon and then the specific yoga YouTube video you like to do, when that time nice. hits, you know, okay, this is the thing I'm doing. And that decision fatigue doesn't ruin your progress. There's no one in your shoulder going, hey, let's do something easy today. Yeah, exactly. Well, you had mentioned too working out in the evening. Is it okay to work out in the morning too? Or how do you figure out someone's, if you want to call it best time for them to work out, to meal prep, to even eat? How do you work with them? How do you find that out? What's your formula? The formula is really just a one size fits one approach. Good. We have all of these recommendations coming at us. And, you know, there will be a New York Times headline of you have to work out before <laughs> you eat or after you eat. And then people think, oh my gosh, I'm doing it wrong. And then they become so overwhelmed and debilitated that they just give up. So figure out what works out, what works best for you. Try it. Constantly reflect. Ask yourself, is this working? If you're not showing up for your morning workouts, if you keep skipping them, maybe that's not the best time for you. Maybe it would be mm -hmm. better to do a lunch break workout or to work out in the evening. You know, it's really just figuring out what's going to be sustainable for you so that it won't be something you do for two weeks. It'll be something you do for 20 years. Good. I like that. And, and you want to make sure your accountability partner too is on the same page too, correct? Or your group, whatever you're going to work out with, if it's a workout or even a meal prep at that point, if you're on different pages, then nobody works out. Yeah, it's so true. It could even just be um, like with my one-on-one -on -one clients, we text between calls. It could even just Good. be having a friend, that you text and maybe you commit to both working out at the same time, or maybe you have different schedules and you say, when I'm going to go work out, I'm going to text you. Or when I'm deciding I'm not going to work out, I'm going to text you. And I want you to kind of mm -hmm. motivate me or say, no, no, mm -hmm. you can do this, right? Do it for five minutes. Um, oh. So there's a lot of ways you can do it. Even if you're not on the same schedule, if you have an accountability partner. Yeah. Down here in California, I have a buddy of mine. He uh, has a, a three car garage, him and his wife, his wife's CrossFit certified. 
So they converted the whole garage during COVID into a CrossFit gym. Wow. When you do a 5.30 workout, one group, then a 6 o'clock workout, next group, is in that group text the night before, they send out the workout. They send out what time works are going to be and what the workout may be in the warm-up. And the people respond, I can't make it tomorrow or I'm not feeling up to, like, we'll come by and pick you up if you need to, need to go. Wow. We'll, we'll make sure you're there. And sometimes it gets a little bit, um, it's, it's whatever. <laughs> but something like, it's, it's basically adult bullying at this point. <laughs> but they show up and they, and then when they leave, they're happier than if they didn't show up. So it's something yeah. that when you have that community group and maybe one or two people or even a coach too, that gives you enough time, I think, to see results, correct? So once you've gone enough, then you see the result. Because why I'm yes. doing this? Yes. What does it take someone on average to actually get to that point to where they go, okay, and again, maybe per person uh, to where they have that shift in mindset from a, say, I want to say a negative mindset, but more of a defeatist mindset to more of a positive lifestyle change mindset. What does it take someone to get there? It can honestly happen as quickly as just a week. Uh, one of my yeah. clients, we, we take small pieces at a time. So mm -hmm. in our first call, we kind of figure out what is one area you're going to work on and we're not going to do everything at once. That's a mistake people make of just let's More. change every habit. <laughs> so mm -hmm. we say, let's take a small piece of the day. So with this client, it was lunch. And she started getting more protein at lunch. That was the only thing she was doing. And the okay. next call, which was just about 10 days later, she said, oh my gosh, I can't believe how much better I feel in the afternoon. I feel so energized. I don't feel like I need to go to bed at 4 p.m. And that was just one change over about 10 days. So it can happen instantaneously. It's not that you're going to maybe feel 100% better every mm -hmm. minute of the day, but even if you just hone in on these five hours after lunch, I feel incredible. That can be enough to kind of be the inspiration to make another change and then another change. You're almost giving someone that 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 hope. Okay, we've done one step. What's the next that we can take? You, yep. You're seeing that part in their voice. I'm seeing a difference. Now, now what do you do next to make that overall change book improve even more? Exactly. It's kind of like the quick win. You know, if you have 30 pounds to lose, that's going to take a while. And it should yes. take a while. You shouldn't yes. lose it in two weeks on some crazy mm -hmm. fad diet because that's not mm -hmm. sustainable. Um, so it's focusing on the quick wins in between and not just the maybe larger goal of the 30-pound weight loss. Good, good, good. And talking about overall nutrition, what are some foods people, if you want to call it really, really, really like, and how do you get them to, for example, make that part of their lifestyle change, but also make them, if you want to call it, lose weight or be healthier? For example, mine are French fries. What do I do? I love French fries. Yeah. I don't know what to do. I also I, love French fries. <laughs> yes. I tell my buddy, we had this morning we had V-ups. We had total bar workout. We had some other stuff, even pull-ups too. I go, I love to do more pull-ups, but I love French fries too at the same time. What do I do? <laughs> So one really cool mindset exercise you can do to still enjoy all foods in moderation is what I call the worth it chart. So okay. what I would tell you to do and listeners, you know, try this, create on a uh -huh. piece of paper, whatever, a double column chart. And okay. in the left column, write worth it. In the right column, write not worth it. And I want you to get really specific with the worth it. So okay. for example, I like French fries. So past me would have just said, I love French fries. And I would have eaten every French fry every time I saw them at a restaurant or something. 
But you're then, saying that's not good, correct? That's not good? Well, okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not probably ideal, right, in terms of portion control. But what I really realized is I like, now this is going to be weird, I like the soggier French fries, not the super mm. crispy ones. Okay. Those okay. are my favorite. And so the crunchy ones, not my favorite. Like, yeah. I just really don't enjoy them. So in my worth yeah. it chart, I would put what's really worth it to me is when they're kind of undercooked French fries. And mm. not as worth it is the super crispy overcooked ones. So now when I'm at a restaurant and I have French fries on my plate, I know for me it's worth it to eat the ones that taste best to me. They give me the satisfaction. And then I'll usually just leave the very crispy ones there because I don't like them as much and maybe somebody else will eat them. But getting very specific, another example would be I used to think I just liked chocolate chip cookies, but I like really gooey homemade chocolate chip mm, cookies. Oh, I don't really like, I guess I don't like crispy anything. I don't like crispy chocolate chip cookies. So now I kind of wait for the gooey ones and I'm not kind of wasting my calories on ones that aren't giving me the satisfaction that I'm looking for. Now, Brick, you're making me hungry, but let's focus on the on the talk today. Is And going back to French fries too, because there's different French fries, right? There's string French fries. There are steak French fries. Do yep. you get that specific too with worth it and what's worth it, what's not worth it? Yeah. Yeah. Good. So I don't like the steak thick French fries. Okay. Um, you know, so I if those are at a restaurant, I would never order those. But if there are uh what are the crinkle cut oh the um, curly ones or no? Not well, the curly I, I ones, do right? like curly fries. Like I love a spicy okay. curly fry. Um yes. but you know, it's it's important to get really specific because French fries is such a huge category. Mm -hmm. So figure out yeah. what is what you really love of that food. And then another thing to keep in mind is we can enjoy all things. All foods can fit. And all foods can't fit all the time. So okay. probably if you're eating French fries, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, that's not going to help you achieve your goals. But there I'll are different hacks. Cutting that out, that never mind. Yeah. Yeah, there are different hacks to do at restaurants as well. Like if I'm getting a burger and it comes with fries, maybe I'll skip the bun on the burger and say, mm -hmm. you know, today the fries are worth it. Or maybe if the bun on the burger looks amazing, then that day I'll get the burger with the bun, but I'll get a side salad instead. So it's kind mm -hmm. of, you know, making swaps here and there so that you're able to enjoy all your favorite foods, but you're eating the best of the best. <laughs> like you're on the there lookout. For the mm -hmm. best, best thing that is going to give you that satisfaction. When a lot of this too, you had mentioned earlier, is maybe not eating all those fries or maybe not eating the bun. And then how do we get away from that mindset that I grew up on where if you had to finish your plate, what are you thinking? How do you yeah. change someone's mindset about that? I think just realizing there doesn't need to be a clean plate club. I hate right. wasting food. So yeah. it's possible to take home even bites from a restaurant in a small container or on yeah. your plate at dinner, you can put uh, small bites left over into Tupperware and mm -hmm. have it later on. Or, you know, for lunch, sometimes I won't eat everything and I'll put it in a little dish and I'll have it for a snack a few hours later, right? Those other bites. So it's, you know, definitely breaking out of that mindset that you have to clean your plate. You don't have to waste food. Um, but I would also say, serve yourself. I know some of my clients are in families where somebody else serves them and they put way too much food on their plate. So, you know, maybe that's a conversation to have with your partner of, oh, I really mm -hmm. appreciate you making this meal. I know you love serving me, but 
for my goals and for me figuring out what works for my body, it's better if I kind of put portions on my plate so that I can better meet my own needs. And when, and going, sticking with food too, how does meal prep work to help someone maintain a certain lifestyle and make it more controlled eating, if you want to call it that? Yeah, I think it's a Ben Franklin quote um, that's like, fail, fail to prepare, prepare to fail. Mm -hmm. um, so the more prepared you are, the easier you make healthy eating, the more likely you're going to be to stick with it. I mean, that is just something we all have to understand. Sometimes when we're just grabbing things from the cupboard, from boxes and bags, it's not even because that's what you really want. It's just that's what's easy to grab. So how can you prep things, hard boiled eggs, um, you know, maybe when you buy a big batch of vegetables, right when you get home, you chop them all up. So they're pre-chopped and in the fridge and ready to grab. You don't have to even get out a knife, right? It's like, how yes. can we make this, the A to B as seamless as possible? So there are mm -hmm. no steps in between. There are so many easy things, you know, string cheese, hummus is great to keep on hand rotisserie chickens are already cooked for you. Like there's a lot of stuff that's already prepared for you as well at the store that can help you or, you know, like pre-chopped bags of vegetables. Yeah. Figure out what will help you kind of stick with your goals and either prep it yourself or buy stuff that's already prepped for you. And I think a lot of it is when, when you do that, then you're controlling when you're hungry, what you're going to eat. Versus yes. going, like you mentioned, going, man, that bag of chips looks great. No, yeah. don't do that. You know, yeah. I went to, we were on short on time, so I went to went to Albertsons, and you get a rotisserie chicken. You know, it's easy. You bring it home, you eat it, you're good to go. Yeah, you know? and like some people will say, you know, I went to get fast food because I didn't have time. A lot of the stuff I make is faster than fast food. I mean, fast food requires oh driving the waiting in the line. Yes. I just made a lunch that took me under five minutes, right? It's like, it can be so, mm -hmm. so fast. I do not spend a lot of time in the kitchen. It's funny, at my, where my exit is off the freeway uh, to get home, it, it's right at my home. There's an In-N-Out on one side and then Chick-fil-A on the other one. The line is at least 30 people deep in each one. By the time yeah. I'm done going through the In-N-Out line, I've already eaten my food, taken a shower, taken dog for a walk, and I'm done. 100%. So if people don't have time, it's been the time on a Sunday or Saturday or during the week when you have to do shopping for the week. So that point you come home, you're ready to go. And another really critical mindset shift can be catch yourself when you're saying I don't have time, mm -hmm. because really mm -hmm. what you're saying is that's not a priority for me right now. So like, Good. I don't have time to eat healthy. Reframe that is then eating healthy is just not something that's a priority to me right now. And sit with that and see how that makes you feel. And if you're kind of, you have this knee-jerk reaction of, ooh, that's not so good, mm. then start making time for it because we make time for things that are priorities to us. And, and sometimes, is it the human mind, because you went through the classes too, that tells us short-term satisfaction versus long-term goals? It is, yeah. And I think especially in our society today with Amazon Prime, or mm -hmm. we see people doing keto and losing so much weight immediately. You probably aren't seeing that person maybe gaining it all back eventually because they're not going to post about that. Mm -hmm. But that's why it is important to focus on quick wins. So anything, right? Directly connect the dots. If you have more energy in the afternoon and you made yourself a really great lunch that day, don't just think, oh, weird. I can't believe I have more energy. Directly connect 
that result to the action you took. And right. that again, will inspire you to keep going with more actions. And is it bad? Cause I've heard back and forth with it when you're dieting or changing your diet to feel hungry. I think it depends what, cause some people, I mean, I'm in these groups just kind of seeing what people are saying. And some people are eating mm -hmm. 800 calories a day. I mean, crazy things and they're hungry all the time. So that mm -hmm. is not good, right? You've got to eat enough. Um, mm -hmm. But having a little bit of hunger is not always a bad thing. And, you know, sit with it. Sometimes it can work to have a big glass of water. A lot of times you may think you're hungry, but you're actually extremely dehydrated. So just getting more water throughout your day. Um, maybe then if you are kind of hungry an hour after lunch, going back and looking at what types of foods did I eat? Was I eating foods that actually keep me full? Did I get enough fiber through non-starchy vegetables? You know, there's a lot of different things you can examine to look at the cause of the hunger. Um, and so I'm not, you know, you can lose weight without feeling ravenous all the time, which could be a yeah. new experience for people because I think they're used to cutting back so many calories that they are just in like starvation mode. That's, I think that's what's coming from to where if you, if you're not uncomfortable then you must not be doing the right things <laughs> to actually lose weight or gain muscle or feel good, you should right. feel uncomfortable to feel comfortable. It's kind of a weird concept. And I mean, I understand the human body has to be stressed to get stronger when it comes to nutrition though, it shouldn't be that way. Correct. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. And that's a big myth out there that you have to be uncomfortable or miserable to lose weight. That is absolutely not mm -hmm. true. And we mentioned hydration too. How much does, how much what we drink or do we worry about what foods or drinks we're doing that may be dehydrating our body also? How does hydration work? Yeah. So I think, uh, there's a lot of ways to go about getting more water. I would just say for a lot of people, that's a great place to start. Even um, mm -hmm. a good kind of rule of thumb could be stack a glass of water to every meal and snack you're eating. So every time you get some type of food, you have a glass of water right next to it. Also, maybe stack a glass of water to when you brush your teeth. Um, so then if you think about it, if you're having three meals a day, one snack, and you're brushing your teeth twice, that would be six big glasses of water, right? Maybe you're used to drinking one. So sometimes just stacking a new habit to an existing habit can be really helpful. But yeah, ideally, we're aiming for lots of water each day. It differs based on each person in terms of how active you are. Um, but you I mean, we all need water. <laughs> we're all made mostly of water. So get a lot of water. Are there certain foods or even beverages that we do normally do consume that actually cause to become dehydrated or need more, even more water? Yeah, like sodium, for example, mm -hmm. you know, if you're eating a bunch of packaged processed foods, there could be a bunch of sodium in those or um, and French fries. Things. Yeah, French fries. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the pre-made dressings or sauces or even frozen foods, you know, they can all have added sodium. So that's something to be aware of. Uh, but, you know, if you have more sodium, let's say that's another thing that people think they gain weight overnight, they'll have a bunch of sodium at dinner, and then they'll have a lot of water retention. And yeah. then the next morning, they'll say, Oh, my gosh, the scale went up uh, three pounds, and you didn't gain mm. three pounds of fat, you just are retaining water. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, there's a lot of kind of myths to bust out there, but sodium is definitely a biggie. Not to say that you can't eat salt, but just be mindful, especially of like the added sodium in packaged and processed foods. And when you're doing that and going back to, I think one of your three A's too, 
when you're learning about foods and how foods work, is it good to, when you're going to the store to read what may be high in sodium versus low in sodium, what may be good for maybe high carb, low carb, high fat, low fat. Should you worry about say, I like, for example, French fries, but if they're prepackaged at that point, are, are they resalted? Are they natural? Do you worry about those things with your clients too? Yeah, I do. I mean, I, we usually take meal by meal. Ideally, right. you're eating things that you prepare for yourself from whole ingredients Raw most foods. of the time. So okay. if, you know, most of the time you're eating things that you prep for yourself and then you're eating packaged processed foods, let's say 10 to 20% of the time, mm -hmm. it may not be that big of a deal. Um, it's really switching, you know, the standard American diet can be 80% processed packaged foods. So at that point, it'd probably be way more important to nitpick labels, but yeah. for sure, it's good to gain label awareness and to look at the ingredients and in different things. Um, look at the oils and different things, look at the fat mm -hmm. content, the protein content, but ideally you're not even looking at nutrition labels when you're making things. Cause you're using real things that don't come with a label. <laughs> How about beverages too? Are, are sodas okay? Are, are Gatorades okay? Are sports drinks? What's your take on that for your clients? So it's interesting. Um, research suggests for weight loss that drinking like zero sodas or no sugar or diet sodas can be helpful for a lot yeah. of people. Other people, other clients I have experiment and they they cut out sodas and they feel better and they feel like they're able to kind of maintain their goals better. Um, you know, there are some studies as well that suggest that different sodas could affect or sweetened beverages could affect our microbiome and our gut health. That's kind of emerging research. But I would say, you know, if you are used to drinking regular soda all the time and your goal is weight loss, it would probably be beneficial to switch to diet soda and then ideally to wean yourself off of soda altogether, or at least mostly. But typically going from drinking a ton of soda to drinking all water isn't going to work, mm -hmm. right? Like these extreme so how can we ease into it through diet soda and then maybe replacing a diet soda with a water and we'll just slowly ease into it. Is it a lot of it is the taste of soda that makes people want to drink soda? I think so. Or just habits. Yeah. I mean, I'll have a client who they're used to kind of that treat every afternoon mm -hmm. um, yeah. that they're used to going to the vending machine and getting a soda. So a lot of what we do is just very habitual and it's just kind of figuring out and asking yourself, you know, when you've set a specific goal, is this habit getting me closer to the goal or is it getting me further away? And, you know, not there's going to be some things that have to change. Another uh, mindset shift I like to work on with clients is that change requires change. So if you keep doing the exact same things, you're not going to get new results. You have to make some changes here and there. So it's just figuring out which changes are going to be kind of most bang for your buck. Well, I like that because going back to what we talked about before too, you're taking the worth it and not worth it column. You're putting everything on a map. And okay, this is what you eat Monday through Sunday. What do you, how do you want to use what you're eating now to start losing weight, gaining muscle, feeling better, and getting healthier? Because this isn't working right now. How are you going to change this to change your and changing your mindset first to change this so you see the results? Correct. Yes, exactly. And, yeah. you know, there's so many parallels with money as well, like budgeting. Mm -hmm. If you think of calories even as money, it's kind of like, what mm -hmm. do you want to spend your 
money mm -hmm. calories on, right? Like we don't buy every single thing we see at the store. So in no. the same way, we can't eat every single thing we see that looks good. So maybe even think about it that way in terms of you set a budget for yourself with money. So the same idea of kind of you have this calorie budget for the more the treats and indulgence, the indulgences. Mm -hmm. So where do you want to spend those calorie dollars? What are the things that are truly worth it to you? Perfect. And, and, and looking at $9.00, but an overall people's stress level, does stress affect your ability to lose weight, gain muscle and feel better? Absolutely. Yes. Stress and sleep, very closely related. Both can 100% affect your ability to mm -hmm. lose weight, to keep it off long term. You know, there's so many different stress management tactics out there. Sometimes they're kind of commandeered by the self, you know, self-care world of it has mm -hmm. to be a bubble bath or an expensive massage. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, reframe stress management. It could be the walk you take outside. It could be a phone call with a friend long mm -hmm. distance. It could be saying no to something and just giving yourself mm -hmm. more space in your life. There are so many things you can do, but it's kind of like with sleep. It's just a matter of doing them. We kind of all know the things we should be doing for stress and sleep, but often we're not doing them. <laughs> And when we eat better over time, does that help our sleep improve? Yes, it does. Can definitely mm -hmm. help your sleep improve. Another cool hack for sleep is setting yourself up for sleep success right when you wake up. So getting sunlight and fresh air first thing, even, you know, mm -hmm. maybe moving a desk closer to a window where you get some natural sunlight, just getting your body that first glimpse of sunshine can really kind of help to set your circadian rhythm and set you you up for success that night. Good, good, good. We talked about a little about, about stress control too by exercise. How much does exercise take in the portion of losing weight and feeling better and nutritional health, if you want to call that? Right. So this is a, another big misconception out there. Exercise mm -hmm. is absolutely incredible for your heart health, your mental health, your overall mm -hmm. health. It can be, it has anti-aging properties, can help you sleep better. Exercise is phenomenal, but yes. it shouldn't be your go-to for weight loss. For weight loss, focus yeah. first and foremost on nutrition and think of exercise as something amazing for your body, something that will give you energy. Um, you know, when you exercise, you can be more motivated to eat healthy. So it's great all around, but people who just tackle exercise and do all the fitness classes, but then are eating a bunch of calories to kind of make up for calories they've burned, or they're not fine tuning their nutrition, they're really going to struggle with weight loss. You're almost working uphill in the sense where, yeah, I'm going to go and run five miles, but then I'm going to go have a triple cheeseburger from in and out. You're almost yeah. like, why, why even run the five miles? I just don't yeah, eat exactly. Yeah, yeah, lazy me. It's like less effort. effort. Yeah. yeah, it's less effort that way, right? Yeah. But, but, I, but people do it. But I think it's it's more of, when, at least when I was a kid, you could, we, we lived, I went to school downtown LA. We'd go and eat, even before we had a tradition, we'd go to the original Tommy's in downtown LA. You should probably go there when you, when you come to LA next week. I'm going to original Tommy's. And at that point, we'd have three chili cheeseburgers, then go and swim, do our morning swim workout, and we still we're still hungry for breakfast. Right. Is that where it comes from when we're teenagers, when you have the high metabolism, and all of a sudden it shifts when we're twenties and thirties, and all of a sudden we can't we can't break that food down? 
It could. Yeah. I mean, metabolism is interesting. I um, interviewed an expert about it on my podcast and Mm -hmm. he has this new emerging research that's actually showing that metabolism doesn't change as much as we once thought as we age. It could be other stuff going on. So he's not saying, you know, for for people who are saying it's harder to lose weight as I age, that could definitely still be true, but there could be so many other factors going into it. Um, So yeah, I would say, for exercise, I mean, I think that's one of the most critical mindset shifts I had was just I stopped tying any type of weight loss, weight maintenance uh, thought to exercise. And now I just exercise to feel strong, to have energy, to sleep better, and for self-confidence. And those are all the things that go through my head when I'm thinking about exercise. And then when I'm thinking about maintaining my weight, it's all about nutrition. So that could be just even a simple mindset shift that someone could take away from this. I think a lot of it is, and that's, I was going to say, that's it's probably the number one thing that I would focus on, um, say, say pre just being educated like yourself too, is I could eat because I was going to go work out. I'm going to work out so I can go eat and vice versa. Or I can go have a drink, whatever it is too. And, yeah. with, and with your show and, and talk about your podcast, what's your podcast about? Ms. Brooke? So my podcast is called The Health Investment. And I cover a lot of topics. Um, so with clients, I mo- I work mostly on nutrition and weight loss, but the podcast mm-hmm. covers a whole breadth of topics. So I've had financial experts. I mentioned the guy about metabolism. I've had different mm-hmm. dietitians, sleep experts, stress experts. So we cover all sorts of topics. A lot of it is, I think, become a health educator, not just nutritionist, not just a weight yeah. loss coach. And yeah, when, exactly. So yeah, it's mm-hmm. kind of the podcast is more general. And then with clients, I'm more specific. But it allows you to understand and, and clients understand too. Yes, let's worry about your nutrition. Let's worry about your overall health at the same time. Oh, yeah. So your overall sure. body's better, right? Yeah. Clients okay. usually come to me for healthier eating and weight loss, but we do have conversations, like I said, about mindset, sleep, stress. Mm-hmm. I mean, it requires a holistic approach especially for those sustainable results. I think a lot of it is sustainable results. And, and when you're seeing that, what does it take for someone to be in a sustainable lifestyle? What's your, what's your range to work? Okay, now I've gotten you here. I may, I may do some maintenance with you here and there to check in with you, but now you're good. I know it's probably different, right? But what's, what's a good range for someone to change a physiological change in their body to accept that nutrition, accept that new lifestyle? I would say three months minimum. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. my one-on-one coaching program is three months, but then oftentimes if clients have a bunch of weight to lose um, or, you know, they're just kind of slower with adopting habits, everybody's different. They may do an additional three months. So I would say three to maybe even six plus months. But once you get the rudimentary knowledge and you're figuring out what works for you, you're able to kind of stick with um, the habits that you've implemented, because at some point they do become effortless. And that's the goal that you do things without thinking about them, but it does take several months. It's not overnight. Well, and I've done, I've done shows, interviews with personal trainers, um, with military master trainers, with life coaches, with nutritionists like yourself, even yoga instructors too, and, and everything in the sun, three months is the minimum to see if there's a lot of change in your body. So give yourself that commitment to yourself. And I like coaches because coaches, they give you the shortcut so you're not guessing all the time. Yes. You're paying them. To, when, you, when you pay a coach, you're going to pay them to pay attention also. 
Yeah. You're not going to send Brooke a check. Hey, here, Brooke, here's a check for a thousand bucks. Ah, we're good. I, now I feel fine. I'm good now. No, you're going to want to get your money, money's worth return on investment over time. And I think Brooke has put information out there. She's passionate what she does even beyond nutritional counseling and, and weight loss coach to help you understand, hey, how do you get you better? Yeah. And I say, you know, I want to, I want you to fire me eventually. Like that's my goal, Good. right? That you use Good. me for a time and you get mm -hmm. all the knowledge and habits in your life that, like I say, are most bang for your buck. So you're getting the best results with the least effort. And Good. that's really, truly possible. There's so much out there that's a waste of time, money, and energy. And, you know, people focus on those things and they end up just spinning their wheels and it's exhausting. And there is a shortcut, right? If you can just get, yes. here's exactly what you need, use this, and then you don't need Brooke anymore and you're set for mm -hmm. life. Yeah, once, once, once you listen to Brooke enough, you, you tell her what you, you do, what she tells you to do. That when you have your road to success mapped out in front of you for the rest of your life. Yeah. That's it. And it seems crazy. I mean, people will say this sounds too good to be true. But mm -hmm. it's because there's all these mixed messages out there. You know, you don't, you can just ignore all of that stuff forever then, mm -hmm. which is so freeing. <laughs> and you have to do the work though, right? You, they have to yeah. meal prep. You're not going to go to their house and meal prep for them. And here's exactly. your food for the week. I'm going to do the exercise for you too. I'll sleep for you too. No, you have to follow through with everything. Change your habits so that change in your body is accepted. So your lifestyle changes. So your foods change. Yes, 100%. What is your Instagram about? What's your Instagram? What do you do on Instagram also? What's your Instagram? So, Instagram is at the health investment website is the okay. healthinvestment.com. Mm -hmm. It's just pretty streamlined. So, I share, I'm on stories a lot on Instagram. I think that's yeah. kind of fun. I do yeah. a lot of videos, like reels, I guess you call them. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, there's just a bunch of tips on there. Check it out and feel free to message me as well. I love connecting with people, making social media more social. <laughs> You do a TikTok also, TikTok toe? Yeah, I do TikTok. Right. I just started TikTok. Yeah, and that's that's a whole other world. But you can find me there at the Health Investment too. But not as good with that one yet. <laughs> well, the thing is, you're putting information out there, so wherever someone is, when they're ready to make the decision, hey, I got to do something about my health because now I have this going on. You're there in their face. I, yeah, I, so you I can find it's it. almost like having being on TV, right? You see a commercial. You, you if I if I pay for commercial just once a month. I'm going to get no one to see me, but I do it every day on all the channels. At that point, people are going to see me eventually to understand, hey, I'm in this for the long run. At that point, hey, I'm I'm worth it for you. You're building your brand, your reputation, you, so you can come down here and have Tommy's Burgers when you're down here in LA and not, not worry about it. Exactly. Oh. I'm, now I'm really excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's actually really good. Just make sure you realize it'll be a little greasy. You'll have fun. That's and fine. with your Facebook group too, what's your Facebook group about? Your Facebook page. So the Facebook group is uh, connected to a free guide I have. So if you just go to thehealthinvestment.com, there's a guide called Lose Weight for the Last Time. And if Good. you download that guide, you get a link to a free Facebook group. And I'm in there every Wednesday at 10 a.m. answering questions, even if it's just like, hey, Brooke, I was targeted by this Facebook ad. Does this program work? Um, you know, I'm happy to give you advice on different things you found, different things you're planning on trying, any questions you have about how to set up your plate, just trying to be as useful as possible in there. Well, I think a lot of it is you're, you're, you're creating goodwill and good karma for people to realize, hey, look, I'm here. You don't have to pay me. Just, oh, you want advice? I'll give you advice. Yes. It's I just, it makes us feel good, right? By doing it. Yeah. It I just truly yes. want to help as many people as possible so that they don't have yes. to 
try the diets and fads because that is a miserable life. I've been there. <laughs> yes. And, and also your 17 page guide also that you can download from your website. Is that the same thing or is that something different? Yep. That's the lose weight for the last time guide. And there's a bunch of kind of mindset talk in there. There's actual pictures. I do well with visuals. So there's pictures, yes. kind of ways to set up your plate for weight loss. Mm -hmm. And yeah, again, you join the group if you choose to, when you download that guide and I can answer any questions. That's awesome. You're, you, you're, you're, like I said before, a health advocate for people, not just what you're focusing on as your, if you want to call it service, a lot of people that actually get healthier again for the long run, so sustain it for the rest of your life. So, yeah, and, and you also add for the show, we kind of went over all topics. I think you gave me some information how to choose my fries I want to choose instead of anything else. At that point, I'll focus on that myself. And also, what was the hack too we had mentioned too that was the most important thing? What was it about 42 minutes? What was that about? Oh, the hack, oh, maybe like try, do something for five minutes. I think I like the five minute one too. There's another one too. I'll, I'll think about it. I'll put it on the show in the show notes before too. It was, about, it was about 42 minutes we talked about, so I was keeping track of it. But a lot, a lot of it is the information you gave us today would help anyone, especially on the holidays. Just again, October 2000 or November now, 2021, the holidays. How do we now change our lifestyle by changing our plate, but not again worry about exercise? Keep that exercise over there to not worry about that as part of our overall. I think that's what it was to making exercise a way not to equate nutrition or diet loss or weight loss, but as a separate thing for our overall body's health and energy and getting our body strong and healthy for the day versus nutrition being part of our, our, our weight loss program or healthy and our looking good type of thing. Yes. Yes, for sure. Yeah. That's what it was. That took me a second to get back. Anything else yeah, you want to add? So you did phenomenal. I think you did great. And, and, and obviously you have your own show, you know what to do. So anything else you want to add? I don't think so. I think no. that's good. I had a great time. It was good. I, I learned a lot again. I, and I like to put some comedy in there too. At that point, people, it just makes it fun. Which one was yeah, fun, Yeah, for right? sure. Yeah. No, no. Gotta keep it well, lighthearted. Yes, yes, yes. Well, thank you for being on the show, Brooke. We appreciate all your information. Also, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn the show off. We'll stay on the broadcast in a second. And thank you everyone for watching and hope you enjoy the show. Thank you.